Have you been scrolling through many, many, many film podcasts thinking there's far too many of these? Or have you been thinking there's something missing? There's something we're not quite getting. A waffler from Northern England reviewing films, for example. Welcome to oh, Review It Yourself. No politics, no pandering, no point. Welcome everyone, welcome to oh, Review It Yourself. Um, we've got the second episode in the A Chat With The Author series. Not the most imaginative uh, title, but I think it works. <laughs> I don't know what you think more. Um, the guy yeah. you can hear, um, I've got Mohammed back. He's here to talk about um, his second book. You might remember back in January, he came on the podcast to talk about his first book that's soon to be released, The um, the End of the Old World Powers. Why do I feel like I haven't complete? Why do I feel like I've missed a bit out? The, ah, the sea people. The sea the people, sea people yeah. I forgot to write that down. That's probably, what, that's probably what I was trying to think of. Thinking something's not right. Um, so we're here to talk about his... That went well, didn't it? We're here to talk about his second book um, that's soon to be released. Uh, the Ancient Order of the Hashashin. Did I say that right? I hope I did. You did. God for that. You did, yeah. Um, yeah, so it, welcome. It was going to be... Thank you, thank you, and I appreciate that, Sean. And uh, it's um, it, it's great to be back, and it, it's actually really nice just to uh, to be able to speak about this again. I mean, I know initially when we did speak about the the sea people, the fall of the ancient um, powers, that was uh, that was something again which is steeped in mystery. And again, this is another one which is absolutely steeped in mystery. So you can kind of get the the theme of where I'm going with my uh, books. But yeah, thank you for having me back again. No, it's a pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure. Anybody listening who thinks that um, me and Mo get a little bit, um, I'm trying to think of the right word. We like take the mick out of each other a little bit. We do know each other in real life. So this isn't just a guy that I've invited on to talk about his book. And then I just insult him offhand. I do know more. So it's, you know, it's don't worry about it. He's not going to get offended if, if I, you know, have a bit of a joke with him a little bit. Like getting the title, like getting the title of his book wrong in the first two minutes, even though I wrote it down. That kind of thing. <laughs> really unprofessional. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> right, yeah, so um, we spoke about your first book in the series, and obviously with with the, the part of history that you delve into, there's not an awful lot of documentary evidence left, and it's all kind of becomes folklore and trying to figure things out, and then depending on where you're looking in the world as well, we know, we know unfortunately, depending on what kind of rulers they've, countries have got in at any particular time, they also some some of those rulers can actively try and destroy the history, whatever you know the archaeological remains and things like that, uh, depending on where in you know the Middle East and that part of the world we're talking about. Um, but we won't delve into that because we'll be here for ages. Um, just, <laughs> just like you would be um, if you tried to talk about Stonehenge because no one really knows much about it. Um, they really don't. <laughs> it's bizarre. They know so little. Um, so yeah, so it's more mystery than history, but obviously that's because the lack of documentary evidence. So you have to kind of weave your story in amongst that. Um, so first off, I was thinking a quick update on the first book, like how close are you to getting that out there? And then the plot of the second one, I was thinking. So it's pretty much done. Now I'm just having it proofread, being uh, blessed with dyslexia. I write phenomenal stories, but absolutely nobody can read it. So... Uh... <laughs> That's literally just being proofread now. So we're hoping in the next few weeks when that gets back, 
that should be on the shelf. Um, so that's phenomenal news. I mean, I know it's been since January, but there's been a lot going on. So I'm, I'm just, I'm so thrilled to have that at completion. And then we can start working on part two next year for the fall of the, uh, the old powers or easily more known for people as the sea people. Yeah, that's the first book um, that, that, so when you said hit the shelves, is it actually going to get a physical copy or is it, is it going on an, an ebook first? It will be ebook and it'll stay ebook. Um, I'm not doing um, any hard copies unless I become a millionaire in the next few months. Uh, yeah, it's going to be um, ebooks moving forward. So that's like your whole Amazon and Kindle and things like that. They are very, be very simple. Yeah, but they are very accessible for people. You can put them on your phone, your tablet, your laptop, um, your Kindle, um, if people still use those. Um, it seems <laughs> a lot of people seem to get them, and then they seem to be few and far between. Um, and so that that's 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 great. And as soon as it um, it gets released, we'll have you back on and just talk about how it's going, and maybe the reset, maybe a bit of reception you get from it. We can go through stuff like that, you know, kind of like a feedback if you want to. I mean, I'm just I'm just thinking of ideas. Um, so the second book, as would I, the second book, um, which is The Ancient Art of the Hashishin, that um, how far along is that? I know I've read kind of like um, for people listening, you can get wow. jealous. I've read like the first chapter of this one, um, <sighs> a, a draft of it, I, I might point out, but it, it was it was great. So the second book, uh, what is exactly so? For the people out there who don't know, myself included, an awful lot about this subject, who were uh, these peoples and, and what does the book kind of look into? Amazing. So there's a there's a moral story behind this book as well. Um, it's we do not push people into a corner. We do not go against a sect or a certain type of people and try and decimate them or annihilate them. Um, if you do that, you create one of the greatest and most feared, you could almost say terrorist organizations that's ever lived, uh, a, a religion of pure assassins, people who are just literally 40,000 people who are dedicated to their leader's word in a flash. They will go and become sleeper cells for 10, 20 years until their word is said to assassinate whoever they're supposed to assassinate. And they did this out of complete necessity. There is a one line from my book, which I was going to read to really help us kick this off and start, uh, you know, giving us a bit of insight into where this came from. And a lot of people think things come from power and money and prestige and so on. Well, in reality, it actually comes from quite the opposite, opposite, almost a necessity to survive. So as humans, when we want to survive, we become one of the most powerful forces on this planet just because we want to stay on this planet. And uh, this is one of the parts from the book. So um, again, this won't be released until um, much later on, but I just want to give you guys an insight. So here we go. It is not that we are strong, almighty in numbers, but we are weak, divided, and fighting against all odds. That gives us strength that no other could ever understand or come to possess out of necessity. Rambles of a blind shepherd on the hills of the Balkans, discussing the new temple of the eastern rising star of Solomon. So that's just one simple part there, which I hope gives you a little idea of where these guys came from and, and, and why, well, you know, talking about the likes of 
uh, Conrad and uh, King Richard the Lionheart and Salah Dean and so on, who came into direct contact with these guys. So they helped Muslims and Christians alike just to serve their own political sway. These were guys who didn't have a conventional army and used asymmetric warfare. Uh, people who would rather hide in the shadows and use poison and so on, rather than coming out and saying, this is our flag and this is us. So it was, for the time, nothing like that had ever been done. I mean, and nothing like that has ever been done, obviously, until modern day trauma and drama. But other than that, this has never, ever been done since. So I just think it's uh, really, really interesting. And the really, the most weird part is it actually comes from the same place. So it's like Iran, Iraq, those sorts of regions. That's where it all originates from. So oh, I so, went on a bit of a tangent. Uh, no, no, there. no, it's good. No, it's good. Um, so it's 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 rife for creativity for a start because you can hear mm. it. Um, it's a moral story. So do you think it's um, it's a it's a warning about vengeance or a warning about um, going like by whatever means necessary? Um, and what you were saying about about the people um, that they sound kind of they talk about that 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 strength in being weak and being small and being uh, being essentially cornered. And it reminds me of the old, the uh, age old adage of, you know, the danger of a cornered animal, I'm not saying the people were animals, but very much if you back yeah. an animal into a corner, they'll come out fighting, um, you know, which is the fear of every dictator that's ever been on the planet, that eventually somebody who's born under their regime will eventually rise up and topple their regime, um, which is why they're mm. ruthless. So does it link into the first book? Or is it kind of are these are standalone these standalone stories in the same kind of setting, yeah. if you will? So these are these are thousands of years apart, but um, a big part of both of them is they're both um, they're both recorded in history, but they're also both lost in history. Now, the thing that attracted me to this more than the history, more than anything, is there is a place in Iran in the mountains called Alamut and in effect it was where a uh, an ancient king had built a castle and the man who wanted to go there as he was as he was walking towards it uh, an old man said let me show you the secret passage into Alamut a secret stairways that went up the mountain through the mountain into this castle and then they changed the name of this castle to um, the nest of punishment. Basically, from there, the guy he went into the top, um, the top tower, and he converted that into his library, and he just never left. And um, I just absolutely fell in love with it from there. I just thought, wow, this is this can't be real. And I looked into it, and it was beyond real. I mean, I'll, I'll again, I'll, this is all historical fact. You can find this everywhere. Um, this guy Hassan ibn Sabah his two sons that he had were both executed by him. He even banished his wife and daughter from the castle, you know, not to come back. So there's something going on here. And the more you will, uh, you know, you'll see that this is in the second part, but it just, when I talk about it and we look into it, you find that things aren't as simple as they need to be. Mm -hmm. You either have your purpose and your reason to follow in life, or you have your family and, everything you have to choose between them and he chose legacy over family which in my personal opinion is horrible you can't do that like it isn't your family your legacy isn't that 
kind of the point for most people. Um, to be fair, that yeah. though it sounds, it sounds fascinating. I like. see because I don't understand. I don't understand kind of not. That I don't understand. I don't know an awful lot about that region and its history, um, mm. because I tend to look at British history, um, because I'm British, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> and I tend to look at because I like to look at. And, and, and not a lot of it, not quite a bit of it's not great, you know. We we interfered in other countries, you know. Um, so for example, I'm reading a book about the war in Afghanistan and I've done I've looked at the Russian invasion of Afghanistan and that kind of thing. So when I tend to oh, look at wow. the Middle East, unfortunately, uh, as beautiful a place as it is, I tend to look at it through the prism of conflict and war, uh, when I do my reading. Mm. Um, or I'll look at as you've seen earlier, I look at um things around the Bible and the documentary evidence because I find it fascinating. Because especially Amazing. something as big as that, like where did it come from? Where did it start? The gospels and you know, that kind of thing. Well, that brings me to be fair quite nicely onto because there's conflicting disagreements about the Bible and gospels anyway. Um, is there so the the long story short I was trying to get to because I ramble is the part of the the countries, so the regions that you're writing in your book, it is any of what you're writing about going to like annoy people like is it going against any kind of accepted history or or is it kind of i mean i know that's quite a difficult question to ask but it's just something i wonder like mm. because i see i'm trying to think of a, a kind of a a way i could put it into kind of english history terms but i'm not sure i can um okay 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 the prince is in the tower okay so it might be like writing about the princes in the tower and what happened to them did they get murdered and then you weave this story in between. Mm. Um, do you think it might kind of annoy any kind of historians or rub any countries up the wrong way in terms of, or, or does it just stick purely only, with? Yeah. Sorry, go on. Only the secret societies. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, are they the people you really want to be annoying more? I'm just, I'm just asking. <laughs> No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, no, um, I, I don't release any secrets. I don't say. I just, I just talk about them. I just surface level, but even the surface level of like ancient Egyptian magic and Babylonian magic and things like that. That's that's, that's some crazy stuff, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I have been extra careful with this topic because this is a sect of Islam known as the Shias, the Nazari Shias. And uh, they're basically a offshoot sect of Islam. Mm -hmm. And I respect them. I appreciate what they do. They do a lot of charity, a lot of good stuff. They have massive following in India and so on. Um, uh, Agha Khan, he is their current leader of their order. And they've taken over the past couple of centuries extensive efforts to disassociate themselves with the assassins and okay. the Hashishin, just, just the fun point about the Hashishin, they said this order takes cash before they go and do their assassinations, which is completely incorrect. And it was used to just um, try to uh, demean them and mm -hmm. put them in a negative light. Because how are you going to become a sleeper cell and pretend to be a Christian and infiltrate Conrad's army if you're high on Hashish? It just it doesn't make sense. And it didn't work like they didn't it's not Assassin's Creed where they walk up to a guy stab him in the neck and job done it's like no these guys learned their uh, enemies 
cultures and religions and language and they became the best friends they became some of the best people and um from that it was a it was a um in, interesting uh, way of moving forward anyways yeah is, is so, there anybody no no it's, it's a good way of you've explained it well is there are there any other authors who've already tr trodden the same ground is anybody has this ever been done before not as a novel as I'm writing it. So I'm writing it almost as a first person from the eyes of Hassan ibn Sabah. So we're getting to see what the Grandmaster's thoughts were before he became a Grandmaster. How was he pushed into this? Why did he take the outcasts, the thieves, the murderers, and so on? Why did he adopt all of them into his order? And then how did he create an order which basically shook the world where he would say um the kings of the world are nothing but mere pawns to me and i choose who dies as and when and they all know it so they crumble i was like wow this <laughs> you went from a nobody to controlling kings of the world i mean it reminds me of uh, some interesting things anyways and then in the final part we talk about the post-Mongol destruction of the order. So this book is actually split into three parts because it was so much, I couldn't get it into one. Mm. That's what it is. And effectively, in order for me to make this as good as possible and not to kill my own creativity, I made two versions. One version is a pure fantasy. It's from my mind. Nobody can get offended because it's like Harry Potter. It's all a magic and myth and under the Sphinx labyrinth. So the guy picks up a, a ring and he touches it and then all of a sudden he's in a you know in the sphinx underneath he gets you know he's moved around and when he goes back to iran to see his master his master looks at him and he says ah i see the jinn has captured your soul before i could capture it and he was looking at him for a medical physical way and just little things like that jinn's uh like a demons almost um all sounds, that, quite, sounds quite chilling the, the lines are quite chilling are, the, are those like your, are those your create like your creation or are these recorded like have you found these written and then you've woven your story around them uh no that's completely fictional I, i've completely made that up that part everything else is uh the real part that was all completely real just that part i was saying there and so on that's complete fiction that i made that up nice. and yeah the, the, the idea is because the more chilling the more our minds are drawn to mystery. Our minds are drawn to the things we don't know and we can't explain. And it's like, they say, if I said, all right, there is a labyrinth underneath the things. Herodotus has confirmed this. We have other people who've also confirmed this, but we can't find it today. Are we looking in the wrong place? Are we talking about the wrong pyramids? Are we talking about the wrong sphinx? There's two sphinxes. How come we can only see one? There's just a lot of things which... Um, which, which we don't have a clue about. So that's where I start making them up. Yeah. No, I like it. Yeah, it's a good idea. It's, uh, no, of course, that, that's where the cre creativity comes from. And, and, and I think it will be interesting to, and we've seen a lot of authors do it quite successfully. Dan Brown, off the top of my head. Um, they'll take, mm. I mean, I know he stands by the fact he's a raw faction. Factional, that's the wrong word. <laughs> I know he stands, hang on, how about I know Dan Brown stands by the fact that um, all his are factual. I probably I probably leave that in. Who cares? Um, <laughs> uh, I've done it a few times. Um, so yeah, so I know he stands by the fact he's a real factual. 
third time. Did you get that, guys? Factual. Um, today's word. Factual. Factual. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> two from the top, three from the bottom. Um, <laughs> for any Americans listening, we're referring to Countdown. It's on British television. Um, you'll love it, but we spell some words slightly differently, so bear that in mind. Anyway, um, that's killed my point dead, hasn't it? You know, it was just the uh, fact no, that I, it's been done yeah. quite successfully, that mix, that weave between, you know, the facts that we know, or at least, mm. and I know people say, well, history's not fact, it's agreed stories kind of thing. Written by the fictor. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, it. absolutely. Well, it's his story, isn't it? That's the whole, mm. that's the whole, um, that's the whole mm. thing, really. That's really powerful. Uh, well, God, I told that in school. His story. Yeah. Um, Wow. But on a cost, sometimes it's her story because you get, you know, powerful queens and things like that. Um, as soon as queens are allowed to rule, it, anyway. So there's, there's there's lots of kind of things that you get to look at. And I think that's where people enjoy. So even people mm. um, like myself who don't know an awful lot about, about these societies or about these orders or about these countries even, um, you could read the book. I think, because from the little I've read, you know, I've read a chapter of this, I've read quite a bit of the first one as well, uh, for anybody just in. I think the beauty is that you can read these and you can get really involved in the stories. So, for example, I can still remember it. It's like two months ago. Two, two or three months ago I read it, and I've read, I think, about four or five books since. But I can still remember the, the section um, where they're on the boat and they're going to a raid um, this, like, seaport little city village. You know, and you get the interaction between the characters, and mm. this is where you can weave in that fiction and the non-fiction and weave it together. And then what people can do if they're interested in it is they can go, do you know? I really want to find out about the Hashashin. I really want to find out about this king. I want to find out about this ruler who was, mm. you know, this person. Um, because unfortunately, with a lot of history, um, it's kind of top-down history, so we know a lot about the rulers. But the kind of the normal mm. people, the, the regular working people. It's like the Egyptians are like this. We know lot, we know quite a lot uh, about the rulers and Tutankhamun and Seti the first, but we know very little about well, what did the average Egyptian, what did they do? Um, you know, because it's kind of not recorded. We probably know more about the slaves of ancient Egypt and what they did because of what they built mm. than unfortunately we do about. Not that it's great we know about the slaves because it was awful what they went through. But we don't know a lot mm. about the others, you know, the, the actual people who were Egyptian and things like that. So I love that mystery and I think it will definitely um, pique people's interest and I look forward to when they come out. So as soon as they do and when we've got some more dates, I'll give you a shout. Um, but just before we go, um, do you want to just give a little bit of information about where it'll come out? And I probably did that the first time, but i uh, do it again, I suppose. Yeah, no, I... I mean, I was gonna. Uh, I was just gonna end on one more part from the novel, uh, a bit more of a teaser, and this teaser usually drives people over the edge. Um, so, I'm not sure if you've heard of the Knight Templars, um, which obviously you have, and they were not originally called the Knight Templars. They were called the the Knights of the Order of the Temple of Solomon. So, in effect, a lot of people don't know that. Um, the Knight Templars actually stemmed originally from the Knights of the Temple of Solomon. Now, in part of my book, it shows how a deal was made between an Arab and uh, the Crusaders where they said, look, we'll help you on one condition. When you get into Jerusalem, you must allow us 
into Aksa. Basically, we must go there. So they said, okay. So then they go, they show them, okay, this is how you're going to get in. This is, And then they breach the walls, they go in, they do what they do. It was terrible, but it's history and it happened. Then when they get to Aksa, they're like, right, we need you to start digging here, please. So like, no problem, start digging. Like, oh, there's a bit of gold here. He's like, yeah, yeah, keep it, keep it. It's fine. Keep digging, please. Keep digging. More gold. They're like, do you want this? He's like, no, 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 no. Just like move the gold as if it's like soil. They're just like, just ignore it. Just keep digging. This is not what I need. I need something else. And then they keep going. The, the Templars would turn around and say, something weird going on here. Why is this guy uninterested in gold completely? Like, what is going on? Why? And then they hit on something and they stop. And he orders everybody out the room. Mm-hmm. And I have to stop there. But that's effectively cool. one of the parts in here. But isn't there a rumour, because only because I've read this from Dan Brown, or seen it in the films, that there's mm-hmm. a rumour that the Knights Templar were a cover to locate the Holy Grail. That, that, that's his idea he uses. Because they siege Jerusalem, and then they've just all of a sudden turned tail and go to Rome to meet the Pope. And it's all a bit, how much of that's fact and how much of it's fiction, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, that, that bit about Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I know it's a really strange, uh, to use a quote from a film that was Robin Hood, but um, there's a bit where, there's a bit, no, there's a bit because it, because um, um, Morgan Freeman, Morgan Freeman is, he plays a mood, doesn't he? And there's a bit yes. where Robin of Loxley exactly. says to him, uh, a, a man fighting for his home is worth 10 hired soldiers. Now, I think that's resonated through history and I think it still unfortunately continues to do so, especially in the light of mm. what's going on at the minute. Um, we really don't learn much as a species, do we? Unfortunately, um, um, I think, yeah. If if you want to know anything, or want to take anything away from my book, it um, be very careful who your teachers are and who you listen to. Um, make sure the knowledge that you're attaining is that that, that knowledge is actually going to benefit you, not me saying, "Oh, I want you to go and be a sleeper and, and go do this and go do that for the sake of." What a, that's very, very, very dangerous. So if anything, just uh, be careful who your teachers are. Be careful what knowledge you take and retain. Don't look into black, dark magic. Don't do it. Don't look into, you know, like these things too much. Um, you stare into the abyss long enough, you know, it might stare back. Yeah, I was going to say, I've heard that phrase before. It's a good phrase, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a, this book is... Um, it's, it's steeped in a lot of this, but I think in order for us to truly understand it all, we have to explore it and we have to know it. And there's no point hiding history or part of history that we don't want to know about because oh, the, these guys are assassins yeah. and these guys are... Or a part it, of history it, that... Sorry, sorry I didn't yeah. or, or a part of history that... Um, or a part of history that we now look back on and we cringe because of how people oh. were treated, you know? Um, so I mean, I mean, we can cringe... But then what about the child labor that's building, uh, that's doing clothes? So there's a lot of hypocritical things. I'm not going to go into it. Yeah. The part about um, being very, very wary of who you listen to and who you teach, I think is a great point. And I can't remember the guy who who said it. I think it was somebody online. I can't remember um, who mm. it was. But it, um, And whatever this person's views, because I know they're quite, I can't remember who it was, but they're probably quite controversial. But they said something on the lines of, I was a comedian. Doesn't matter. They said, only take advice from people who have your best interests at heart. So they say to you, 
if someone said to you more online or, or in, in the street uh, or in the gym, <laughs> um, yeah. your, your, um, your book is a load of absolute whatever. I didn't like it. You know, I think, you know, I, it, it offends me, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't want you to ever write another book. Now, if you listen to that and never wrote another book again or pulled the book from the shelves or whatever, um, then have you, have, is that person giving you that advice because it's in your best interest? No. Whereas if your dad or your mother says to you, no, what more? Um, or, or whatever. They, <laughs> however they call you, I don't know, um, in terms of they yeah. might be a bit strict. But if they see you more, look, um, this book you've done, it's a little bit like... I don't, that last little few sections, I, I didn't like the way it ended. They're not like, mm. I think it, we could have, you know, it, next time we could like try this. They're not telling mm. you that because they want to upset you or because, I mean, I don't know how brutal your parents are, but <laughs> they're not telling you that because they want to kind of, they, they want to upset you or they, they're telling you because they want the best for you. They want like you mm. to be happy and you to be, you know, safe and, and enjoy your life. Um, and that goes for, you know, for anyone, I think. So it's always important to listen to um, the people who have your best yeah. interests at heart, not not people who don't know. I mean, don't know human things. Yes, I'm writing this, and yes, it starts off in a really good place, really religious, and you probably learn more about Islam in the first part of this book than you will from anywhere else because I really touch on it in every way. But then you see how power corrupts and how the hearts of humans will always reveal themselves no matter how well you disguise it and perfume it and you know it always comes out and unfortunately their followers are the ones who are lost and misguided are the ones who have true hatred and evil in their hearts it's absolute absolute power corrupts absolutely um the old one yeah. <laughs> um, uh, america didn't exist back then <laughs> well yeah it's a good quote though it's a good quote though uh, well well to be fair though i mean even just saying that statement, I mean, America did exist, just not in the form that we now recognise it, you know. Sorry, want US in, the US. The, the United USA, States Air Force. USA. USA. Now what I've got now. Um, yeah. No, we definitely need to cut all that out because of the audience. But yeah. I know, yeah. Um, it's all right. Yeah, I, literally, um, I literally started, I, I, I've literally started a podcast before. Uh, when I did it with my friend ages ago, I just went, howdy. Mm -hmm. And he was like, don't lose them. What are you doing? I was like, nah, they love it. <laughs> they love it. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, no, the yeah. book, the book, I don't know how much of this I'm going to I don't know what, how much of this I'm going to save, to be fair. I'll listen to it and just, more my own bits, more than yours. And there's a few hey. bits where the, the audio drops and um, what the hell is I going to say? No um, yeah, so um, keep an eye out, people, for the book. When it comes out, um, on either of them. Oh, get in there. You go. Is that the first one? First one's twenty first of May. The second one's the seventeenth of November. And then the third one is the twenty sixth of January, twenty twenty three. So they're already written. They're already complete. Just I'm backing historical uh, references to various parts. So I want to have an appendix in my book, yeah. so that if you're reading this, you're like, come on, more. That never happened. Then I can link you to the actual real historical event that did happen there. And then you can see where I've kind of connected to bridges where there's no connection there, but from what I've wrote, you think, ah, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. So when hopefully we'll be able to establish that. Now, the first one that will come out is complete fiction. 
Um, it's an absolute fantasy. However, we do touch on the, the mystical religions and the religions of the unseen. Um, but then the, the next ones from the 21st and so on, they're all complete um, based on historical fact, everything. So it's I've not it's in story format. However, it's based on real history. Cool. Um, a question I've got to ask, just just to finish off for people who might be wondering when they're listening, um, is it? I don't know if you do this free books. You can just automatically translate them. Will it be coming out in different languages? Or, or is no. it is it just English? Is it just English to start? Like I'm writing the book, guys. Be thankful. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> No, it'll be in English, but I'm sure there'll be ways of it always being able to translate it as and when if required. Um, my largest audience right now for this is in India. Um, oh, okay. I have uh, quite a lot of followers from India who are very, very interested in this. Um, funny enough, they're asking me, you know, various things and so on. And I message them back saying that I'm not a holy man or anything like that. I'm just writing this book, you know. And, uh, yeah. They're very. Uh, I think like you were saying before, some of the words that I use, my passion, and from going so deep into the abyss, as I've come out, I'm, I've got bits of my words and my energies which are intertangled with that because I've had to go down there to get this information. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and people just seem to either love it or run 10 miles from it. So uh, it's, um, it, it's up to you if it's... Not a bad thing. You know. Marmite does well out of it. Love it, or hate it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> See, I'll always, oh, I'll always, bring it, I'll always bring it down to earth. Don't I'll always, I'll always like bring it back. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll bring it back. Um, but yeah, and for anybody out there, just as a last point, um, anybody out there who's wondering, well, you're just, you're just writing a few. Anybody who's never done an appendix, I've done two dissertations in my life, and dear God, the, the appendices it kill you. So. That's why it'll be, you know, if you think sat there thinking, well, why is it going to take you till next January to get this third book out? You've said it's written. It'll take a hell of a long time to get your appendices in order, get them checked. Um, and respect, to be fair, mate, for doing it. I didn't realise you had dyslexia. My uh, Somebody in my close family's got dyslexia, and I know mm. that it's tough. There's a lot of misconceptions out there about it that it infects your intelligence, which is absolute BS. Um, it does not. It's just struggling to get it down. Um it's like stu- yes, it depends what of, depends what type of class. Oh, no, sorry, no, you're right. No, sorry. Yeah. I love, no, sorry, I'm like, joke. I, let me tell you, let me tell you about the condition. You've got more. I know more. I'm joking, not really. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, it's nice. uh, it's uh, it's um, yeah. Uh, fair play because it's 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 not easy. I've I've helped this family member with CVs and writing things, and I I know this. Uh, it's a spectrum, like everything. Uh, but yeah, it's not easy. Um. I really look forward to reading these books. If it was in hard form, I'd ask for a signed copy, but maybe hey. I'll print, print the title page off and frame it and be like, I know him. But well, uh, if no. Netflix or someone decides to buy this off me or whatever, then I think we might be able to make some hard books. Um, yeah, um, they were very, very interested in this. And they said that this is something that even when I was speaking to them, everybody was just gripped, holding on the chair like, whoa. And then what happens? I was like, what do you mean? And then what happens? Read the book. You know. I'm not so, giving away uh, all my secrets. Read, read yeah, the damn thing. I have a special ring. No, no rings, no rings. I don't control anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, don't be talking yeah. about rings. You'll step on Amazon Prime's territory at the minute, won't you, with the, the new Lord of the Rings coming out? Um, oh, goodness. Yeah, no, somebody mentioned that to me yesterday. No, this is, um, no, that, that's an actual fact. So they talk about, you know, genies mm-hmm. and, and to control and summon them. There are various rings. And if you don't do it right, you become their slave effectively and you have ah. your soul belongs to them. But if you do it right, then they belong to you and then you can order them to go do stuff. You rub on the ring and say, you know, go into Sean's room and tell me what he's doing and I'll move some stuff around and creep him. Like, there's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's all in the That's pretty frightening. Structures. They're probably walking here. It is here and genuinely be like, is. probably walking here and be like, what a tip, get this cleaned. <laughs> like, yes, Jeannie, yes. Uh, <laughs> I've lived for 10,000 years. I've never seen a mess. I've never seen a sh- Get it clean. <laughs> Oh god, yeah. I remember being with Enoch and so <laughs> yeah, it's the spirits of Enoch that we talk about. I don't, I don't know if you you know much about Enoch, Prophet Enoch. Uh, the book that was removed from the Bible um about giants on earth, the Nephilim and so on. No, that's possibly oh, right. okay. Yeah, you say, yeah, you, say um, e- you say Enoch to a British person and we think of Enoch Powell. I was like, where's he going with this? More, where are you going with this more? Where are you guys just got this podcast? No. Where are you going with this more? <laughs> no, no. But oh, no well, I... Sean, hey, it's it's been a complete pleasure. And honestly, every single time it's just genuinely lovely to be here. So thank you for having me. Well, no, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah. So thank you guys for listening. Um, when more developments come out, we'll bring them to you. And I will no doubt get more back on. But cheers, more. Thanks a lot. Pleasure again. Thank you, Sean. Sorry. Deep in the dark beating heart of Cairo, the year unknown, talk of invasion to the Holy Land is on the tip of everyone's tongue. No one knows who to believe. The trouble with times like these are, the truth is in plain sight. Although people like to speculate and drag topics into conspiracies, as it's always easier to talk about a problem than it is to solve it. In the late hours of the night, a gathering takes place in Dar el Aswad, the House of Blackness, a shisha bar which offers a place to talk and relax, to forbidden stories and tales of ancient times past, by a mysterious, shunned old man of knowledge. A group of young men sat around. The smells and scents of their shisha pipe relaxed them, as their minds drift far and beyond this dimension, in a haze of whispery streaks of silver escaping into the midnight air. The old man is sat in the centre of the room. He is blind old and very frail, his clothing tattered and torn, as the wear and tear of life can be read, like a map leading to the soul. The room was an outer garden, based in the centre of the inn, the walls white, dressed in scaling ivy and decorated with Arabic scripture, poetry and writing quotes of the age in gold, giving grandeur to this humble abode.